hello, hello. This is Truth Be Told. It's uh, Father's Day. Uh, my co-host is not with me, but I have two wonderful guests, uh, Naomi and Paula. She's, they're both actually uh, first year, they're finishing up their first year of dental school. Uh, and so I wanted to bring them on to basically talk about how your first year went. You know, I want to hear from you guys how your first year went, because a lot of pre-dental students may, may not understand the transition, may not understand how difficult of a transition it was or how easy it was. I know for me, it was very, very difficult, right? I went from, oh, I got to study a little bit to, oh, my God, how am I actually going to catch up with all the work that I have to do? So for me, it was a very tough transition, especially the first semester. So I wanted to bring you guys on and kind of hear from you guys how it's going, what you've learned, what you could have maybe, you know, do better, what advice you could give to, uh, you know, young kids who are trying to come into the dental field. Uh, hey, this is what you're going to expect. And I, I think like your second, third, fourth year has its own challenges, but your first year is the most difficult for me, at least in my mind it was because of that transition from undergrad or, 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 or graduate teaching to this new graduate teaching, which is a lot more work, a lot more time spent, a lot more hand skills, all that stuff really adds up, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll start with um, Paula. How, how was your first year? Real quick summary, how was your first year? And then I'll ask questions based on that. Okay, um, my first year was um, an adjustment, but I think I would like label it as like a time for growth. <laughs> um, I did a lot of growing for sure. Okay, okay. And, and then Naomi, how was your first year? Yeah, I, I think very similar to Paula. It's like adjusting to uh, the academics and so also social life and making new friends and getting to know faculty. And it's a group process and kind of like finding your own place in school and own people. And that has been the transi biggest transition in first year. Okay. So either one of you guys can answer this. What was your biggest... Um, fear going into dental school your first year what was your biggest fear I know my biggest fear was failing okay well expand um, on that I think that's everybody's big fear right yeah, you don't want to fail um, out but what does that mean to you I um I think for me I I didn't want to remediate anything I just was like no I want to be able to pass every exam I want to be able to I just want to be able to pass every exam and get honors or whatever like I just wanted I think I had this idea in my head that like since I was going to such a school of excellence that um I would bring uh you know that level of excellence and that in my head meant like not failing or remediating exams um okay. but yeah I realized that like the opposite is true that I am actually um, bringing excellence to UCSF and failing or remediating exam does not mean that I'm less excellent or successful. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you kind of dive into that. So you said that you remediated, like, how does that work out? Like what happens when, you know, you fail? is it like a, a C then you have to take that class again, or how does the whole remediation aspect work and what grade do you need to get in order to have to remediate? Yeah, so at least at UCSF, it depends on the yeah. professor. 
um, and the class. And um, the first exam that I failed personally was in my fall quarter, our biomedical science BMS um, practical. And yeah, I, I didn't pass it. And what it looked like was um, I would basically retake that sections exam or that practical exam over. Um, and typically it's done within the same quarter. So then, you know, you get a final grade, but they couldn't, um, they couldn't manage um, doing the remediation within that quarter. So I had to take, retake it the next quarter. And all that means is basically studying over winter break or, you know, um, making time to re relearn the material so you can pass it. And uh, I believe most classes for at UCSF is the passing rate is 70%. Um, yeah, so you have to get a 70% or higher to have a P. And basically okay. from 70% to 100%, well, 95 is a P and then 95 and above is honors. 95 and above. So um, if, let's just say that you took the remediation and didn't pass, would you be able to take it again? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. as many times as you want or is there a limit to it? From what I understood, it's, I think you get two more chances, okay. but okay. I, I did hear um, there was a, there was a, uh, at least for the BMS practical, there was a medical doctor, um, she was Ethiopian and she said that like, there was someone who didn't pass, re took the remediation three times and they had to like, then go to a committee to kind of understand like why they weren't passing. And then like, you know, the person got a fourth chance and ended up passing. Um, so, but okay. yeah, they'll work with you. So it really sounds like once you're in, they really don't want you to fail out. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wish I really okay. understood that at the beginning. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? Go ahead, break that down. What do you mean you wish you would have um, understood that? I think for me now, I'm like, I paid my tuition dollars. They're going to help me through it. Before I just thought like they would kick me out and keep my money, which I'm sure they still can. Right. Um, but uh, I think I didn't realize like how much they really wanted me to pass. I just felt, I don't know. I got this sense in the, the first fall quarter that I was really alone in this um, for my didactic courses, particularly. Simlab was a whole different thing where I felt more support. But at least for, in the didactic courses, I, I just didn't feel all the support I needed. I feel like honestly, the D2s and D3s were teaching us better than our professors were. Because okay, so that's a second year dental students and third year dental students. Yeah, yeah. They were teaching you guys better than your professors. At least that's how yeah, you felt. Because their study guides made more sense than the PowerPoints. Okay, all right. Naomi, your, your, your question. Uh, what was your biggest fear going um, into dental school? So my biggest fear is a little bit different, but I would talk a little bit about failure since like it's a lot of uh, people's biggest fear, but I still... Thankfully, I haven't remediated yet, <laughs> but I do have some experience uh, failing a midterm. And I think last trimester I did, um, I didn't quite pass one of the midterm, uh, written my midterm and my faculty, well, my faculty was very supportive. She came to me and said, you know what? Do your best for the finals and don't stress about it, but do your best on final. You will not have to remediate. So I ended up doing well for the final and I didn't have to remediate anything. 
But I think good mindset to have going into school is that just one fail grade doesn't mean anything. You can still do better. You can learn from it and do better for the next time. And I even ended up getting an A on that section, even though um, I failed on one midterm because my other grades was good. So I guess anything is possible. You can one failing grade shouldn't let you affect you to like, oh, or doubt yourself that you're not going to be a good dentist because that's not true. Um, but my actually biggest fear is that um, I still haven't gone into clinic. So this is probably my future, but uh, patient interaction. And I think like uh, now we, I'm learning about behavioral and ethic classes. And I realized that you have to be really aware, self-aware about other people's background and culture when you interact with patients. And that's kind of like the biggest fear like, oh, oh, because I come from a very different background. I didn't grow up in America. So I am still a little bit fearful. It's like how I'm going to interact with people. I might be can I be able to be personable with other patients? And am I going to say something that's going to offend that person? So that's kind of like my biggest fear, but I know that comes still in the future because I'm still first year. So um, I still have a lot to learn to get there. Okay. Yeah. So is that, it's actually kind of funny. Your, your biggest fear seems to be almost like a language barrier issue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, um, that, that, I bet you that's a lot of people's biggest fear, right? If you, if, if I went to, let's just say, if I were to go to, um, Mexico or Spain or whatever, right, I had to, I had to talk to somebody who was not a, you know, a native English speaker, of course we would have language barriers, but I think in the end, you know, patients just care that you are trying your best to understand them. They care that you are trying your best to help them. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I will tell you that the language barrier may or may not be an issue. I don't think it will be if you're basically have the best intention for the patient. Most people don't care. They, they'll sit there and listen, right? Because they're afraid of us, period, right? They come to the dentist and they're afraid of us, period. Language barrier or not, they're just like, I don't want to be here. You know what I mean? So I don't think that needs to be a fear of yours. I think that just needs to be something that you kind of say, hey, this is who I am. And patients mm -hmm. will appreciate you for who you are, you know? Um, when it comes to dental school your first year how was the course um volume increase how, how was that from undergrad you know to to dental school how how did that course volume look like how many courses were you taking did you feel overwhelmed by those courses that's the next question um you want to go first Paula? no i'll let you go for this one <laughs> okay so i didn't feel too overwhelmed um, practical is a little bit stressful where like we have, I have to go in prepared and they're graded the first time. So in sense, but that was open, but this is just probably just USC. <laughs> we have the problem-based learning style. So we don't have the traditional lecture. We don't have quizzes all the time. We have just the midterm and the final. Um, and so real, real quick, so problem-based is basically you're given a scenario yes. that will encompass like, you know, uh, um, pathology, uh, cardiology will encompass multiple specialties into that problem base. And you're supposed to solve yeah. and, and yeah. treat that person like you would if you were out in the real world and, and, and you see a patient that has a heart condition that may have issues with, you know, uh, uh, periodontal disease or whatever it may be, correct? 
Yes, exactly. Okay. And it, yeah. it's in like a small group. So it's a group of eight people and one facilitator for each group. And we would talk about the case, discuss, and we would make ideas from those scenarios and then prepare a list of learning needs that we need to make to learn and more understand what's going on with the patient. And then when we come back the next session, we would discuss those um, each learning needs that assigned to all the eight people. And we will discuss with the faculty and we will try to understand the concept. So it's not traditional lecture, but it's more interacting and self-learning. And that made it really um, help us apply all those concepts into real life scenarios. And also we get to have like one-on-one, kind of almost close to one-on-one interaction with the faculty because it's only eight people. So you can ask many questions as you want. And Paula, what about you? Uh, what about the, the volume of work? How did that look from undergrad to dental school? And how did you, how did you deal with it? Um, I definitely would say that it felt heavier. Um, but I, I feel like it was probably the same, but I think I was more, I um, was more overwhelmed this time just because I did take a gap year not gap year, several gap years. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, like, I'm not look, I'm not used to seeing that volume. I, I, I honestly, during my gap years, try to get rid of as much information as I did in undergrad. So I think like the volume was just a little overwhelming in the sense like, oh, I haven't been um, looking at these words or this type of, uh, for such a long time. Um, and I think the overwhelming part was not so much the five lectures per day thing. Um, mm -hmm. It was the fact that um, at least how it was advertised to me, UCSF was in a block schedule, but at least in the in particular, only the fall, um, fall quarter, because it got better actually for the spring and winter quarter, where there would be like three exams within the same week and the professors are still teaching two days before the exam. Um, I think that was personally disrespectful, but- um, <laughs> wait, 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 Hold on, hold on, break, break that down. What, what is, why was that disrespectful? That's a strong it's word. disrespectful what? because, I mean, uh -huh. we're only one person and you, at least at, um, I think in my undergrad, I think that's what I always compare. I don't want to always compare it to my undergrad, but I just, that's the only lens I have because yeah. that's the only higher education place I've right. been yeah. but um, scheduling for the first quarter could have been definitely managed better um, I feel like they all just decided to choose the same week the same day sometimes to have an exam and it's like how did you practically expect us to time manage in order to turn around from taking an exam a week a week and a half ago to doing three exams within the same day or the same week when you're still teaching the material <laughs> right before. Okay, so so I'll say this, ready? Uh, whenever I was in dental school, that happened to us a lot. I like know. We had multiple exams, you know, sometimes five in the same week with practicals mm. and so forth. Uh, did you, <laughs> I don't know if I thought it was disrespectful. I thought to myself, this is, I'm gonna have to figure this out, right? And, and I'm not going to be, I think one thing that we as dentists and dental students, we, we get to the point where we want perfection for everything. And when you don't have time, you can't be perfect. 
And that yeah. seems to bother a lot of people. Yeah. So do you think that that transition was what you needed to say, to say, I can't be perfect in everything? Yes. Actually, so yeah. Disrespectful. That, yeah, yeah. That, that, that probably like broke down the whole idea of me being excellent like very quickly because I think I called you I think I called you when yeah. by the time I had taken the third exam and I was yeah. not ready for the fourth one I was like right. I can't do this Dr. Walt like I'm I don't think it's I'm gonna fail this fourth one I know it in my heart and what it meant was uh-huh. I wasn't going to get an 85 or above okay. in my head but right. I could manage a 70 but right. I didn't like that okay. I didn't want that for myself that was like a personal thing that I had to be like girl you be okay with the 70 because it's still a P. Right. And so, yeah. I so, to, yeah. Yeah. So your transition seems to have been um, just trying to figure out how to, how to kind of do your own way, right? Not to be, you know, this, you know, because we're all very type A. Everybody has to be perfect. Everything has, that's how great we are. We're all great, right? So when you get a bunch of great people together, you know, and have to rank each other. Like we had ranking, right? We had one to 80. And there has to be a one and there has to be an 80, right? You don't want to be the 80, but somebody's going to be an 80. So don't th- do you think that that is kind of like uh, um, dental school, your first semester? Do you think that was more of like an ego check? Naomi, it, break that. I want, I want Naomi check. to, to, to yeah. jump in as well. Like, was yeah. this an ego check for you guys? I I think so because like you want to be best and you want to stand out and you want to do uh, um especially I'm more focused on practical side like when it comes to practical I'm serious like I want to do the best work like I want my prep or my uh, crowns look perfect compared to other people because right. uh, sometimes we share each other's work so sometimes you get tend to get hard on yourself and it's it, it is definitely your ego. Like he was like, I want to be perfect, but yeah. you don't have to. <laughs> I know. Okay. Paula, what do you think? Um, I never, at least in, like, when it comes to sim lab, I never compared myself to anyone, but I think for didactics, that was always a hard thing for me because um, I mean, when I got into UCSF, I was like, I think it was for some reason, the ego part, it was like, oh, I actually am smart. <laughs> like I had to like, had to like, and I literally text my friend. I was like, girl, I'm smart. <laughs> like, they actually want me. They think I'm smart. And then when I come and I'm like, damn, they're smarter people. How dare they? <laughs> how dare they come at me? And I think it, it wasn't that I was, I, it wasn't that I was less smart definitely not but I think I wasn't quick with it and I think I measured my my intelligence with how quick I was able to recall or like when we're like um you know dissecting bodies and like which nerve does this what what nerve does the masseter innervate or something like that I'd be like sitting there like is it facial or is it 10 or like I just it just was not clicking as fast as I wanted to, or as my peers, and they were quick, they were quick with it. And I think at some point I had to realize like, yeah, I'm always going to be five minutes delayed. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. so it sounds like what you're saying is your, your uh, transition to dental school uh, forced you to kind of either face reality that you're not the best out of the, it's like all the best came together and you don't rank 
I guess in the top of the top, the best of the best, like you're kind of like, now you're like, you know, to use an analogy, you're in the NBA and you realize that there's a LeBron out there (laughs) and you may be that guy that's not LeBron. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. You're okay with that now. 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 (laughs) So before it was, let me blame the professors and say, how dare you (laughs) schedule three tests? Are you still, are you still feeling this? No, do you still feel like that? No, I mean, I think, no, you I said think it was my, disrespectful. I'm not blaming the faculty for me being okay. five minutes slow. I'm still blaming them for <laughs> not being cognizant of okay. um, the weight of every exam and the, I think the capability of one person to do it all and the level that they want us to do it. You can't schedule a, a, like a, a practical a written exam and then two BMS practicals within the same week or within the same five days and expect everyone to understand all 25 lectures per class. Like, I think that's just, I don't know, personally, I, like I said, disrespectful, but, um, but, pe- but, but there are people that did and excelled, right? Good for them. Well, but that's what I'm saying. So it can yeah. be done. It can be done. It's just a matter of how do we get it done? Yeah, I I think how do we get it done is most of these people are good at pulling all-nighters, which I, that was not something I was, um, I never did in undergrad and I don't promote it. I like eight hours of sleep and you can fail. Eight hours. Eight hours of sleep. Absolute six at minimum. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. My health matters to me. And I think, I think, okay, sorry. Maybe it's also like this is not what I was saying. Obviously the first two quarters, I was definitely like no sleep gang, but there was a faculty that took me aside, um, who really, um, really was kind of like the only faculty that was like, I, I felt like was looking out for me in sim lab. And he kept just emphasizing, like, you are your best asset, like make sure your ergo's correct. And he would always tap me on my shoulder. Like, and he would be like, no, Paula, I could see you're like, you're tapering too much because you're frustrated. Just walk away. And like, I needed that voice. Mm-hmm. I needed that voice. And then so when he kept like reiterating, you're your best investment. I was like, okay, bet. I'm not forcing myself to, to be at this level anymore because I'm, not succeeding mentally or physically because I'm trying to keep up with LeBrons and I don't have to be a LeBron. I will still make it regardless. Okay. okay. Um, so what about you, Naomi? How was the uh, amount of work and how did you kind of cope with that? Um, I, <laughs> I don't so have work. <laughs> yeah, I just like went with it. <laughs> okay. But I would say I, I really I'm a big on taking care of myself. I definitely sleep at least seven hours a day. <laughs> I'm not gonna pull all nighter <laughs> if I'm gonna. But one thing about USC, it's interesting grading system because we're not pass no fail. We are like graded ABC. Mm-hmm. So uh, one thing I realized that I didn't do. Um, the prob- we have a midterm and a final for problem-based learning and then we have mm-hmm. practical and then any written for any dental like morphology or aesthetic or anything dental related it's separate and the problem base is separate but when we do um, 
when it, when they do grading, they consider everything. They consider all the research papers we wrote, um, learning needs, how we were participating in the problem-based session, problem-based learning session. So it's graded overall. So even you get like a C or 70% or even you get a 60% on one of the problem-based tests, you can still get a B in the class. You can still get a B in the class. So, but I realized that the B curve in USC is huge. So mm. someone got an 82% for, for those MCQ and we have this combat, we had to label all these pictures. Mm -hmm. um, if someone who got 82 can have like an overall 88% and get a B, but someone like there were one time I got 60% for one of the MCQ, but I still got an 83% overall and I got a B. So the like that's what like like Paolo was saying, like we should never compare each other grades and practicals mm -hmm. with other mm -hmm. students because mm -hmm. then everybody was like one of my friends who had a higher grade than me was like, wait, you have a higher GPA than me, but you didn't get like I got better grades on the these tests than you. And it's like it's <laughs> very confusing because <laughs> I think I had a higher uh, GPA because I had a higher score on practical, but I didn't do well on all the MCQ as compared to her. She was way up there, but she still ended up with like lower GPA than me. So people can compare and really stress out. And okay. I think it's best stay away from comparing yourself to other people, focus on yourself and your work and if you're not doing well in one area, try to study and, you know, do best, better on the next one. But I guess overall, the grading system can be confusing and comparing probably is not the best idea. But overall, like, it depends on the trimester. Like, first trimester and second trimester for me, it was a little bit harder. I was always in the lab on weekends. I was trying to finish different projects. But this trimester, I don't know. Maybe it's because of summer. It has been chill so far. I This week, I do have some homework. But okay. it has been a little bit, like, faculty is all nice. They actually really, like, not teaching us everything one-on-one. I don't know what what is going on. <laughs> well, do you, do you? I mean, great advice, by the way. But do you think that you just have gotten used to the the amount of work that you have to do and the amount of time it takes to do these things? Yes, definitely. Probably that's another thing too. Uh, first trimester it was hard, and then second yeah. trimester we had a lot more work, but we kind of get through it and kind of got used to it. All, all the like the spending, like spending. Um, weekends in lab it kind of became a thing um, everybody all my friends come in and we also socialize in lab so mm -hmm. it was not like a I think if you really like the field even there's so much work to do you still go to a lab and enjoy it you know like end of the day like I feel like I love doing dentistry I love working on like doing preparation restoration I right now I'm working on interior crowns and I love doing those things. So workload didn't really stress me out that much for some reason. I think I really mm -hmm. enjoy going to a lab on weekends. And mm -hmm. yeah, so I think different people take it different way and also depending right. on schools, I believe. Yeah. Right. And, and, and now I'll, I'll leave it up to you, Paula. Um, any advice? Uh, she just gave some great advice. Any advice for uh, uh, undergrad kids that are about to start dental school or, or going into dental school? 
what would you say? What advice would you say to them? Honestly, um, <laughs> I would just say, give it your best shot um, and leave no room. Like if you feel, um, yeah, give it your best shot. If you feel like there's anything to improve that you can improve, give it your best shot. Take time to, um, take time to, if it's like application wise or like anything else, like be in a really good place before you start dental school. I think one thing that has become very apparent with me, with my peers, is that some people just, it's not so much about taking a gap year, but I think there's just so much that they could have learned if they took their time to come to dental school um, mm -hmm. versus learning it here. Um, and I, I guess here where there's like, not a reputation on the line, but like you're in professional school. Um, so I would say definitely give it your best and take your time. Don't, don't rush coming into dental school. Don't rush your application. Make sure it's your best image that you're putting forward, your best foot that you're putting forward. That would be my best uh, advice for sure. Okay. Well, thank you guys. Um, I, this was interesting. I think it was interesting because of some of the things that you guys have learned or were forced to learn right? Uh, I, I do believe that you guys, you know, you love dentistry, because if you didn't, you wouldn't be putting yourself through this, right? Uh, getting less than eight hours of sleep, you know what I mean? I, I, I do believe, <laughs> I do believe that you guys are going to do well. Um, but I also think that this year was a wake-up call, that we can't be perfect all the time. And I mm -hmm. honestly believe that dental school teaches you that without letting you know that it's coming. Right. And you're always you feel, you know, blindsided. Right. That, oh, my God, what the heck? How did this happen? How did I get here? What is going on? Why aren't I as good as, you know, as this person? But if you when you mature through it, you realize that one, like you said, you guys can't compare. You can't compare yourselves because it's going to drive you crazy. Right. And then it also allows you to realize who you really are. And I think that's what dental school in the end is going to do is basically allow you to understand who you are. And once you understand that there is nothing that's going to stop you. Patients are going to see who you are, right? You can't be me. You can't be, you know, <laughs> Naomi. You can't be, you have to be your, your best you. And that's, that's really what you guys will learn out of this. And I hope that you're learning this uh, and, and not letting the grades dictate who you are. Does that make sense? So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come and talk to us. I really appreciate your honesty. I, you know, give we you guys have, a hard time. We do have a question for you yeah. since you're asking so many. Um, so we had, um, oh yeah. So the question that we thought of when we were discussing this was yeah. how much of my reputation should I care about while in dental school amongst my peers and faculty? I don't know if it's a good transition point, but. <clears throat> no, but uh, uh, real quick. Um, yeah, so reputation is your own, right? You don't want to come across like a jerk because people are going to remember that. I still remember the people I don't like from dental school, right? <laughs> uh, but the key is to be you, be your authentic you. That's all that really matters. Like be who you are. If you're a nice person, be a nice person. If you're a jerk, I guess be better than a jerk. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Think about what, you, what people think of you because in the end, you never know when you're going to need somebody, right? That's life. 
that's that's advice for life. You never want to burn bridges. You never want to make yourself look like a jerk. So basically, think about how you can, you know, how you come across to people. If you can do that, you'll be fine. Did I answer that? Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you, guys. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions in this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you (laughs) and a trusted dental professional.